Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to the podcast. It is Pat Gray and Stubergear here for Glenn today. He's going to be back on uh, tomorrow. We had a fun show today. A lot of uh, important things. We go over the Hunter Biden information, the latest Republicans who are going to vote for Katanji Brown Jackson. We'll give you a list of who they are. They're not a huge surprises on that particular list. Uh, we also will go through Nostradamus's predictions for uh, 2022 so you know exactly what's going to happen on a minute-to-minute basis in your life uh and uh lots of uh, we also we also talk about kayaking so there's a there's a long conversation about kayaking and how it relates to your children and what they're taught in schools you're not going to want to miss that one as well don't forget to subscribe to blaze tv blaze tv.com slash glenn the promo code is glenn uh you get pat gray uh, new overtime, uh, which is very cool. You also get uh, Studios America. You get uh, News and Why It Matters. You get all the great shows uh, that appear on Blaze TV. And you should s- subscribe to this podcast as well as Pat Gray Unleashed and Studios America, available every day for your listening pleasure. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Post got a hold of what was in the computer and um, you know because the New York Post is a Republican paper and the New York Times and the Washington Post are the Democrat paper that's where we are again kind of and the Republican paper Twitter wouldn't t- cancel their account can't even report on this story and now two years later the New York Times and the Washington Post have come around to say okay there was something there now what I said at the beginning how it came to them. It came to them through Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon. So yes, of course, when Rudy Giuliani says, I've got some evidence, you take that with a giant thing of salt. <laughs> but, but not two years. It didn't take two years. It looks like the left-wing media just buried the story because it wasn't part of their narrative, and that's why people don't trust the media. <laughs> you have to love the crowd at the Bill Maher uh, show for HBO where the only thing in that entire monologue they clap for is the one slap at Rudy Giuliani. Everything else is a slap at the media, how they didn't handle the Hunter Biden story. They are dead silent. And then he says one little throwaway line about Rudy Giuliani not being completely trustworthy as a campaign operative. And there is where the crowd goes crazy. By the way, you can get a Hunter Biden laptop case at HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. It's uh, something you will enjoy, I think. HunterBidenLaptopCase.com is the place to go to get that. If you're, if you want to have the ultimate in Hunter Biden wear, you'll you'll enjoy that. HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. We are at. Uh, we are talking about the media, and we are talking about the way. Uh, the entire media, and not, not to mention just the media, but the Republicans as well, how they decide to react to these stories as they break. And this goes to the Katanji Brown-Jackson saga as well. Katanji Brown-Jackson, of course, is going to be uh, the nominee for the Supreme Court. That is going to uh, happen. She's going to get on the Supreme Court 
And that is a, that is a that's real. That's really going to happen. We taught we told you this at the very beginning. If you were expecting a real fight from Republicans on Katanji Brown Jackson, you were going to be bitterly disappointed. They were going to do a whole lot of nothing. There, of course, would be a couple of senators who would say some critical things. They weren't going to just sit there and act as if she was perfect. But there was never any chance that you were going to get a real fight from the Republicans on this one because they looked at the political realities and they tried to judge them. Judge them, And what they saw was that they could not stop Katanji Brown-Jackson basically no matter what. So they decided not really to try. That is essentially what you just saw happening. You read the stories about this and they act as if Brett Kavanaugh was nothing compared to what Katanji Brown-Jackson just went through. It's just, it's incredible to see the reaction to this. They didn't, as far as I know, and Pat Gray joins uh, the program. As far as I know, Pat, they didn't accuse Katanji Brown-Jackson of of rape. No, I didn't, I didn't hear him do that. I didn't hear that happen once. No. Mm -mm. Murder? No. Mm -mm. Uh, Embezzling funds? No. Any Uh -uh. made up crime? What about um, uh, drinking too much in high school? Did they accuse her of that? No, they did not. Did they ask her anything about her drinking habits? Not that I ever saw. She could be a raging alcoholic. Do we know? We don't know. We don't know. They didn't even ask about it. No. They basically... Didn't even come up. You had a couple of people like Ted Cruz who asked him some questions and Josh Hawley about about her uh, seemingly lenient sentences for child porn purveyors. Which seems fair when you're talking about a judge (laughs) and some of her rulings. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair game. And this was sort of portrayed as like, why are the Republicans saying she's in favor of child porn? Nobody's saying she's in favor of child porn. What they're saying is she, her judicial philosophy shows she's not tough on criminals, mm-hmm. especially serious ones. And that do we want that as, you know, the, the Supreme Court justice we're getting? Is that what we want? I'm going to say I don't. I don't either. Maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe we're in the minority. It's uh, possible. Because uh, she's going to skate right through. So. Yeah, she's going to get through. And and she's basically over. Yeah, it is. I mean, and not only the Joe Manchin vote to me and, and Joe Manchin has held the line on a couple of small things here and there. But generally speaking, Joe Manchin will not save you. He will not be your savior. <laughs> that is true. He yeah. will not. He will and not come from the interestingly, clouds. Interestingly, I remember you predicting that. <laughs> I just that Joe Manchin would not save the day. He will not save the day. He uh-huh. will not come from the clouds with beams of sun behind him <laughs> to save the day. Now he might shave a couple of uh, dollars off of a you know a bill here and there. It's it's possible, but particularly when he's alone, he's not going to do that. He had Kirsten Cinema with him on Build Back Better, which still I think has a good chance of going through in some form, you know, scaled down form. I mean, Manchin has said he wants to, he wants to spend $1.5 trillion. Yeah. This is not a guy who's holding the line on spending. He just didn't want to spend 3.5 because his state absolutely would hate him for it. So Manchin is not going to hold the line. That was the end of the actual drama to this hearing. The question now just was what Republicans were going to uh, go uh, the other way and vote for confirmation. And Pat, I, I've worked up a list here of the worst votes. All right. The worst votes for Republicans when it comes to this confirmation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Lindsey Graham. 
And I want to say, Lindsey Graham is voting against Katanji Brown-Jackson, okay? Mm-hmm. However, we have to be realistic about this. Lindsey Graham is terrible on these votes. He constantly is going the wrong way on them. Yeah. He is a senator you do not need to tolerate in South Carolina. South Carolina could give you a good senator. You could have one that is good. And people are like, oh, well, I liked Lindsey Graham in the, in the Kavanaugh hearings. And he was great in the Kavanaugh hearings. There's no doubt about it. This is when he shines. When he could make a big deal of himself and use that to raise funds. That's the Lindsey Graham mm-hmm. guarantee. He will show up in those moments. And so now he's showing up uh, to oppose Katanji Brown-Jackson, not because he has any principle, because he has a personal relationship of sorts with another person who was in the final three, uh, Judge Childs, from South Carolina. And that's who he wanted. And he's mad he didn't get it. Because he, he said in advance he would vote for her. One of the uh, final three in Joe Biden's shortlist was from South Carolina. He came out publicly and advocated for her. She did not get the nomination. His feelings are hurt. And now he's going the other way. That's Lindsey Graham. So he gets an honorable mention for me. Okay. Okay. So there's three Republicans that we believe are going to vote for Katanji Brown-Jackson to get her through. So let me give you the most understandable. Okay. The least offensive to me. And that's Susan Collins. Susan Collins is from Maine. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is a state that is, I, you might be able to convince me it's sort of purplish at times, but it certainly leans blue. A real conservative in Maine would have a tough time winning. Here is a case <laughs> where a political consideration, if you're going to make one and not vote on principle, which is what I would prefer, but if you're going to make a political consideration, you can make the argument this vote might actually help Susan Collins stay in the Senate. And while Susan Collins is a terrible senator, I mean, she's awful. She is barely a Republican. But as opposed to what you might have in Maine if Collins were to lose, you could make an argument she's better than the alternative there. Mm-hmm. She's about as good as you're going to get in Maine. At least there's an argument to be made that that's true. And this vote may actually help her in Maine so she can say, I swear, she needs moderates there. She needs some liberals there to vote for her to win. So you can make the argument that that might actually help her stay in power. It's the most understandable of the three. Next up is Lisa Murkowski. This one's baffling. It's somewhat baffling because she's in the middle of a primary battle. Right? She could lose the nomination. Now, she did lose the nomination a couple of uh, cycles ago. And she ran as a write-in candidate in the state. And her name is so well-known in the state that she actually won as a write-in candidate in one of the, I would say, one of the most incredible political achievements. Yeah, because that just doesn't happen. You, yeah, when you get to the write-in period, you just don't win. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's very difficult. To she might be people. the only U.S. senator to ever win a write-in campaign. That's a good question. Yeah, you might, you might be right on that. Yeah. I, I can't remember another one. Can't there was either. another, was it a congressman that did it recently? It does happen very occasionally, but I don't think I've ever remembered a statewide race going that way. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, she won as a write-in because she. it was during the Tea Party wave election, and mm-hmm. she uh, lost the primary to the Tea Party sort of candidate who then wound up uh, losing to her 
uh, and she didn't run as a Democrat. She ran as a, I believe, in an independent and won as a as a writing candidate and won. So she has real name recognition. She might think she's safe, but she is in the middle of a primary challenge in a likely Republican wave election year. And this is not going to help her in the primary. So it's not an understandable vote. I don't I don't see why she would do this other than the fact that she really is just uh, a left-leaning politician mm -hmm. who believes Katanji Brown Jackson will probably be halfway decent. And, you know, there is this thing, and we've seen this before from senators, there's this um, thought that you should just approve the nominees of the president. Yeah, even Rand Paul. Rand Paul's done talked that about a bunch that. of times. And now he's not in he this case. He thinks it's constitutional that you just... Yeah. You basically just say yes unless it's really egregious. Right. Which this if one, the president I think, wants somebody and they're, you know, somewhat decent, just give it to him. You just give it to him. Especially in this case where it's not going to change the balance of the court. You're going from a, a hardcore liberal to a hardcore liberal. So the, the thought is just give it to them. Mm -hmm. Rand Paul did not go that way this time. It doesn't appear, at least. We, have, we don't have any official vote, but he has not announced anything of that effect. So Mur Murkowski might just be that person. She just approves these things and she's also on the left. But the gold medal, the number one, the unquestionable mm -hmm. worst mm -hmm. moment of this entire hearing mm -hmm. is, of course, obviously, without a doubt, Mitt, Mitt Romney. Romney. Mitt Romney, a guy who's from freaking Utah, a senator from Utah, a state that can give us someone like Mike Lee, mm -hmm. who's the best senator in the Senate. Mm-hmm. We can get that out of Utah. And instead, we have what I now believe is the worst senator in the Senate. Because, you know, oh, he's terrible. you could say Susan Collins has a worse, worse voting record, and you'd be right on that. Collins is worse when it comes to a voting record. Yeah, but, but again, from Utah. Maine, yeah. Come you on. can get a good senator out of you Utah. Could. And instead, you have Mitt Romney. Mm -hmm. And what's completely inexcusable here is that Mitt Romney voted against her last time when she was up for just a federal court uh, so weird. gig. Yeah. He voted against her then. that wasn't that long ago. No. Right? Months. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was months yeah. ago. Voted against her then and now voted for her. And, th and this is the thing with Romney, which is so irritating, is where someone like Lindsey Graham will vote f you know, for a Katanji Brown-Jackson when no one's paying attention, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when people are really looking at him, he's like, ah, crap, this is a big one. Everyone's going to remember this. Oh, I'm going to vote the right way this time. That's Lindsey Graham. Mitt mm -hmm. Romney's the opposite. I think Mitt Romney knows she's radical and voted against her last time because of it. But now when he's in the sunlight of the media and everyone's fawning on people who will go against the Republican grain, people notice now he wants that adoration from the media. He changes his vote to approving the nominee. Yep. Which is just despicable and it frankly is. pathetic. It's it a is. sad puppy dog that's been kicked by its owner too many times and keeps coming back, hoping this time they'll pet him. They're not going to pet you, man. They're going to leave you on the roof is what they're going to yeah, do. Nobody's going to pet <laughs> they're you. They're going to drive down the highway, <laughs> leaving you on the roof. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. All right. Uh, I always I, I always hate it when Republicans start trying to eat their own. I let the Democrats do that. The extreme left wing eating the uh, 
slightly less extreme left wing. Um, I, I, I don't understand why Republicans feel the need to start attacking other Republicans unless they're going to start uh, campaigning for president. And maybe that's the case here. Uh, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland slamming a Ron DeSantis over the Disney bill uh, and the fact that uh, Ron DeSantis was taking on Disney for their uh, action and trying in trying to uh, stop that bill from passing and now they're trying to overturn it um, here's what he had to say your fellow Republican governor DeSantis in Florida he suggested that he will retaliate against Disney after it criticized Florida's so-called don't say gay bill which bans certain instruction about sexual orientation and gender identity in the classroom what's your reaction to that and then more broadly what do you make of that legislation well i didn't i didn't really actually see the details of the legislation but the whole the whole thing seems like oh pause it for a second i i didn't really see the details i don't know anything about it i i have no idea what the bill says uh, but let me go ahead and criticize it uh, anyway. This is how the whole media has handled <laughs> yeah, this. Exactly. Uh, good to see right. Hogan is doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, he's doing the same thing. Thoughtful. Well, I didn't, law, I, I didn't really actually see the details of the legislation, but the whole the whole thing seems like uh, just a you know, crazy fight. Uh, I'm not sure. It's, it concerns me. DeSantis is always talking about, uh, you know, he was not, not demanding that businesses do things, but he was, you know, telling the cruise lines what they had to do. He was telling local schools what they're mandating. And now he's, he wants to criticize Disney for expressing, you know, how they feel about that, uh, that bill. I mean, they have every right to it. We have a thing called freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, can, they can come out and say what they think. I think the, the bill was kind of absurd. Uh, and uh, not something that would have happened in our state. Hey, but you didn't know it was but in it. But he doesn't know what's in it. I, I don't understand. How, how would you know it's absurd? Like, how do we know Katanji Brown-Jackson is the first black female if she doesn't know what the definition of the word female is? Yeah. Same thing here. If you don't know what's in the bill, how do you know it's a joke? How do you know it's absurd? <laughs> shouldn't you read it before you call it that, though? Yes. Like, I, I, at the very least, yes. shouldn't you have an idea what's in it before you criticize it? Yes. Is this not a basic function of your job? If you're going to go on television and talk about something, shouldn't you know something about it? In my estimation, the answer to all of those questions, Stu, is yes. Yes. And by the way, have have you heard any, maybe there are some, have you heard any Republicans, including Ron DeSantis, <clears throat> say that they don't have a right to express their opinion? Never. Of course no. they do. We're so, criticizing their opinion. Their opinion's dumb. They right. have a right to express it. It's just stupid. And he's doing to Ron DeSantis exactly what he's accusing Ron DeSantis of doing to Disney. He's criticizing him for right. it. Right. He's not taking away Ron DeSantis's freedom of speech. <laughs> hey, <laughs> just yes, like he... DeSantis didn't take away Disney's freedom of speech. Hogan has a right uh, to be able to Bizarre. express his admittedly for, on his own behalf his admittedly uninformed opinion yeah but he has a yeah, right yeah. to express it i mean he doesn't know what he's talking about at all but he has a right to say the dumb thing he's saying that is that yeah. is your right as an american i suppose and framed in the question from dana bash on cnn is the don't say gay bill Pe- the people who call it that are already setting it up to be a lie you've already set it up to be something it's not it's not the don't say gay bill. That's not what it is. It has nothing to do with not saying the word gay. <laughs> it has, and yet you cannot find a headline that will call it something else. You cannot true. find a story yeah, that will call it anything else. It's, what I find fascinating about this, Pat, is it's all, they all say, 
It's the don't say gay bill, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And what, it, what do you always notice about the don't say gay bill when it's in the headlines? It's in quotes. Who are yeah. they quoting? They're quoting the gay activists, yeah. I guess. I who guess. Who were marching and saying, gay, 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 because they weren't going to be told by Florida not to say gay, even though Florida wasn't telling them not to say that. They always say this. They always say, well, look, it's just, uh, here's the thing. Uh, critics call it the don't say gay. But what critics call it? Where did it come mm-hmm. from? Where did this right. originate? I went back to to trace back the history of this on Studios America the other night mm-hmm. and went back to the very first tweet that was called this bill, the don't say gay bill. And it was some obscure organization in florida that supposedly was about reading it was like you know one of these organizations that was saying uh reading is fundamental pat (laughs) and they wanted to make sure but they didn't read the bill obviously (laughs) of course they didn't read the bill Uh and also it seems like they really care about reading but only books about being gay when (laughs) <laughs> we're being read by children like they don't care yeah. about you know a normal uh everyday classic they only care about books that will tell you your kids that they can be gay or change genders or whatever else the thing of the day is uh which is is fascinating and it's, it's some bizarre uh organization it's been promoted heavily by chasen Buttigieg, the husband of our wonderful oh, labor yeah, yeah. secretary right um, the first don't say gay uh, tweet uh, goes back to this. Uh, there's Equality Florida jumped on the bandwagon very early. Um, and uh, another one called the F- Florida Freedom to Read was the very first one that I could find that talked about this bill in that context. And it seems like, and this is just bizarre, but like all on the same day, Pat, out of nowhere. All of these organizations on the same exact day all started calling it the same thing. It's so weird that the Rainbow Democrats, the uh, Equality Democrats, uh, the Florida Right to Read Foundation or whatever the heck it is. All these organizations, all these random Twitter accounts, all on the same day, all started calling it the same thing. Interesting. Isn't it fascinating? Mm -hmm. It's almost as if they coordinated. I'm just going (laughs) to... I'm going to go out there and uh, say this. That's quite a limb to go out on. I know. And then the media picked it up immediately. Hook, line, and sinker. Just yep. called it the Don't Say Gay Bill. As we know, I mean, the, you know, the details, We've I'm sure you've been over it a million times on Pat Gray Unleashed, and we've talked about it here, but it does not stop you from saying gay. Mm-hmm. It does not even stop uh, fourth grade teachers from talking uh, to, uh, to putting in their curriculum uh, stories about gay and gender transition. All it does... All it does is prevent you from having explicit sexual conversations with kindergartner through third graders. Mm-hmm. And if it's fourth grade and above, it needs to be age appropriate. So if you're opposing this bill, you are outwardly arguing for an inappropriate conversation with children. Yeah. Because if it's appropriate, it's okay with the bill. So the lies have been fast and furious from its inception as you mentioned the don't say gay thing started right away. Mm-hmm. The other thing that they started lying about was that teachers then couldn't talk about their gay partners. They couldn't even bring them up. I can't even, I can't, I'm scared to death yeah. now that I can't even mention my life partner. No, 
you can mention your life partner. Nothing in this bill prevents you from doing that. In fact, it specifically says. Yeah, they went back and put that yeah. in the mm-hmm. bill so that nobody could claim that, and they still claim they still it. Say it. They still say it. Uh, you can look at the fact checks on the bill, and they're like, well, uh, originally it was put in there, and some critics believed that, for example, like a teacher saying, they asked, some kid asked the teacher, what did you do this weekend? And they say, oh, I was with my, you know, a woman says, oh, I was with my wife and we went to the park. They could get fired. And, and like the the Republicans are like, that's yeah. not what we're saying. All right, let, let's put it in there yeah. specifically to make sure, it, you know, nobody has that idea. You can talk about kayaking with your partner <laughs> right. if you want to. And again, even conversations. This is what, I mean, I think you could really make an argument that this bill does not do what Republicans think it does. It does not prevent a conversation about uh, sexuality or gender with second graders. It does not prevent that. The only thing it does is prevent it from being in the planned curriculum. So they could still Mm. have an off-the-cuff conversation about kayaking that leads to, by the way, your gender could change at any moment, kids. (laughs) And that's totally allowed in the bill. That's still allowed in Florida. Amazing. But it just can't be part of the planned curriculum. That is it. And it can be part of the planned curriculum with fourth graders and yet disney's opposed to it disney's opposed to it in fact it's their the goal of their company not to make good star wars movies right not to make space mountain not to embrace mickey mouse or just make a lot of money yep that's not even the goal apparently nope it is not to make kids happy right but to overturn this law in florida that's the goal of their company according to the company so obviously desantis ron desantis uh fighting against that uh and larry hogan from maryland slamming him for it when he hasn't even read the bill which leads you to believe larry hogan is going to run for president you hit on it pat he's i mean he wants to run for president that's he incredible to me. He can be the sensible Republican who comes mm. out, who can win over Democratic voters and moderate voters in the primary mm. and have some path. Now, this path does, does anybody not even know who he is? No, I mean, outside of Maryland, I, I will mean. say he's he gets he gets on MSNBC a lot. He gets on NBC a lot. He gets on CNN. He talks. You know, he's the acceptable Republican to the left because mm. he disagrees with Republicans all the time. Yeah, they like him like they like Mitt Romney. Yeah. Yes, uh, he is. Among the most popular governors in America, too, uh, which is, you know, again, impressive for a Republican in Maryland. What's approval rating there? You know? 70%. No. 70% in Maryland. Wow. Which is Now, that is not the highest wow. approval rating. It's interesting. The, the most popular governors in America are, one, all Republicans, and two, all in deep blue states. That's a weird phenomenon. Yeah. But it's... It's not the first time. This isn't the first year that's happened. No, this Hogan's has been, been very popular. Ongoing for a while. Yeah, Hogan. Look, there's an argument to be made, right? For there's a. Polit- I'm not saying that I would support this argument, but there's a political argument to be made that Larry Hogan is a candidate that you might want. He's a guy who can win in blue states. Mm-hmm. He can win over moderate voters, probably. And if you have uh, conservatives who are faced with a choice between Larry Hogan and Joe Biden, the overwhelming majority of them are going to go with Hogan because yeah, they're going to get some of the love of things. heaven. Please don't present me with that choice. Right, exactly. Don't do that to me. Republican please. voters don't want this. And because we have a primary system in this country, there's no path for Larry Hogan. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think, I mean, his best opportunity would be as a real contrast to someone like Donald Trump. 
He sees, though, that Ron DeSantis might be his competition, so he's going to try to attack him early and get mm-hmm. out ahead of that. Um, the three most popular governors in America, uh, number three is Larry Hogan, 70%. Number two, Charlie Baker, Republican Massachusetts, 72%. Jeez. Number one, have you even, I, do you have any guesses? <laughs> and I gave you a, 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 an opening here, but I don't think I would have ever guessed. I don't. Where, I, I know it's you, a blue state. Yes, I will give obviously. you. It's a state that also really loves Bernie Sanders quite a bit. Uh, wow, really? Vermont. Is it Vermont? I was going to say Vermont. Vermont. Vermont? But I, I couldn't tell you who <laughs> right, the exactly. guy's name. A Republican, Phil Scott, is the uh, Of course, governor. Phil Scott. Phil Scott. That's right. That An right approval on the tip rating of, of 79%. Oh, my gosh. Let me give you the breakdown of Phil Scott. This is wild. Phil Scott's approval rating. <laughs> Overall... 79%. Yeah. Among Republicans, 75%. My gosh. Among independents, he 75%. Among Democrats, 88%. Has to be higher, right? <laughs> a Republican a in Vermont has an 88% approval rating among Democrats. Wow. That is wild. Wow. The best of the Glenn Beck program. So, uh, Joe Biden's approval rating, not getting any better. In fact, uh, his approval rating, the combined real clear politics average, now shows him at 41%. That's incredibly low, uh, especially for this at this point of his presidency, for the average of all the polls that real clear poli- politics uh, features. Uh, 41%, you are way underwater. so almost 54% disapprove. And I guess the rest are, I don't know. They're a bunch of Jeffies. I don't know. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) while Biden tries to pin all of his problems on Putin or the pandemic or Donald Trump, I don't think the American people are buying it. And uh, there are a bunch of Democrat strategists who spoke to the Hill because we're only seven months away from the November midterms now. And some of them are, well, all of them are really concerned that the Democrats are going to get a bloodbath. One of them said, um, we're going to be slaughtered in November. That's quite an admission from a Democratic strategist. No name attached to that one, I suppose. No, no, right. Though this is clearly what they believe. I mean, they, this, is, this is what's going on behind the scenes. They know they're in real trouble. I keep saying... You cannot overestimate the chances that the Republicans will blow this somehow. I know, that's true. <laughs> you can't. That's it's just, I, it should be the easiest win in the <laughs> history should. of elections. It should. Will they screw this up? They might. It's very possible. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, you know, I could see We've them. We've seen it too many times. Yeah. I could really see a situation where they, they maybe win the House and then blow the Senate somehow certainly possible and that would be a big one because of potential supreme court nominees and such that would be a big one it would still allow them to block a lot of the stuff in the house but the supreme court nominees would that would not prevent them we'll see we're going to go through the um an election preview of sorts for the first time this week i think on studios america uh because i you know kind of set the stage as to where we are what it looks like mm-hmm. uh, and what is in the future what what do you think the what do you think the reasoning is for why they believe it's going to be an electoral bloodbath in 2022? Um, I think there's several factors. One is inflation. Mm. Two, gas prices. Uh, the 
botched Afghanistan withdrawal. Um, pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, pretty much everything. As one of the strategists put it, who's he's the one who's unnamed. He said, it's bad. You have an energy crisis that's paralyzing. And inflation is in a 40-year high. And we're heading into a recession. The, pro- <laughs> the problem <laughs> is simple. The American people have lost confidence in Joe Biden. Everyone needs to come to terms with the reality that we're going to get slaughtered in November. That's a fact. Biden's polling has gotten worse, not better. It's indicative of the fact that people have lost confidence in his leadership. There's nothing they're going to be able to do. That's a big statement. That is a big statement. I think part of it, too, is these are issues that, one, smack you in the face. Mm -hmm. And two, you can't spin your way out of. You can't spin your way out of inflation. And he's been trying to do that. Yeah, He's can't. been trying to blame it on everybody under the sun except him. Yeah, you just can't do it, though. You, it doesn't work. You can't say, hey, mm-hmm. those gas prices are somebody else's fault. You know, I, I, I filled up my car today, $70 to fill up my car. Now, I don't have an SUV. I have a yeah. sedan. Yeah. $70. My last two Phillips have been 93 and 90 93 and 90 And it's just a four-door sedan. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and you yeah. know, and, and people in California are now are like, oh, man, what I would do to pay only $90 to fill up my tank <laughs> right now. That would be incredible. <laughs> you know, yeah. it is. And this is hitting everybody. It doesn't just hit conservatives. It hits everybody. <laughs> and it's hard to deny when, number one, the prices were going up before Putin. Number two, you have a role in the Putin situation. I mean, like. You, your yeah. actions taken beforehand did not help the Afghanistan thing, did not help uh, your statement that a minor incursion might not be a big deal, did not help. Uh, you know, did you stop? You got all you're, you're bragging about all of your intelligence and you were right on them invading. What did you do with that information? Did it work? What you chose to do didn't do anything that was positive. And you couldn't keep that straight with the rest of your administration either because everybody else was calling it a, a deterrent. A deterrent, yep. And then he's saying it was absolutely... Nobody thought it was a deterrent. <laughs> Just embarrassing. What? Everybody around you said it was. So people see these prices go up and they see the answer to this, which is, I don't know, go buy a $70,000 electric car or something. <laughs> now, I recently, as I mentioned, yeah. Pat, uh, I have... There's been some supply chain issues. I don't know if you noticed this. No. Huh? I ordered a uh, huh. car uh, now seven months ago plus and still do not seven have Seven months. Seven months. Wow. And I'm a couple Jeez. weeks away from my eight month anniversary. Uh, and I actually just, I actually did get contacted by the dealership recently. And they said, hey, what if we order your car without a bunch of the features you wanted? <laughs> How do you feel about that? Uh, and I was like, no. honestly, at this point... <laughs> Maybe put it in without some of the features and let's see what happens. And I, I, at least I'd have something to as an interim yeah. situation. Yeah. I, at this point, I don't know what to do. But I was looking around at a bunch of different things. And uh, I was looking at one, you know, and, and I've talked about this before. Some of these electric cars are really cool. Like, I'm not against electric cars. I mean, no, me neither. As we talked about, a lot of people, especially on the conservative side these days, seem to like Elon Musk quite a bit, which is mm-hmm. an interesting transition. What's happened to his, he was a, the darling of the left. Yep. For a zillion years, and now all of a sudden, the left hates him, and he's a darling of the right. Well, I don't know how this happens. So into climate change, he's trying to find us a whole nother planet. Yeah, no, a planet to escape climate so, change. He's building spaceships yeah. to escape yeah. climate change, but he's a right-wing figure all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Anyway, so he builds Teslas, <clears throat> which are really great cars, and they're really 
really fast. And mm. some of these other cars are really fast as well. I was looking at one of them. And the, the first of all, if you want to have a rational relationship with this car, you have to put in uh, an industrial electrical outlet. You know, like the or like the one you have for your washer and dryer. You need another one of those to even have a chance to, to make this sensible. If you do that, you can charge it overnight. So eight to ten hours of charge. It's car too long. gets car gets two hundred miles. Yeah, about two hundred miles per charge for Doesn't a full charge for me. Okay, if you plug it in your normal outlet, it takes three days, three days to charge. There are three wow. fast chargers, three in the entire Dallas Fort Worth metroplex. Three. And how fast are they? They are fast if you're near one. But yeah. again, I don't live within a half an hour of any of these things. They're all at the fringes of mm. town. So if you were Jeez. driving to, let's say, Austin, you might stop on your way and, 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 and you can fill up, I think, about 20 to 30 minutes That's for not a full bad. charge, which is not bad. I mean, again, you know, you stop at a gas station. It's going to be five minutes, but you probably walk in. You maybe, you know, it's not terrible. You can live with 20 to 30 minutes as long as that's constantly improving. I mean, you don't want it to get any longer than that. Yeah, but. Two hours or 10 hours. Yeah. Completely unacceptable to me, at least. Yeah. I, and if you plug, let, let's just say you plug it in, if you plugged it in in your outlet at home and you, you when you got home at, you know, seven o'clock at night and you mm -hmm. took it out at seven o'clock in the morning when you leave for work and it could charge all the way up, you might say, I can deal with that for most of the time, right? Like that's not mm -hmm. bad. But not only are you paying $70,000 for an electric car, I think the average is 55000 There are some, you know, like the Nissan Leaf is cheaper than that. Obviously, a lot of the Teslas are more, the Porsche Taycan's a lot more, but you can go and you can find mm. a car that is pretty, you know, that'll cost a lot of money with these things. But even if you get a Nissan Leaf, if you want it to be ra rational to be able to charge it, you have to spend a couple thousand dollars putting in a, a faster charger in your garage. <laughs> so how just the Jeez. extra charger you put in your garage is going to mm. wipe out the increased gas prices mm. over an entire year, at least. Yeah. This is, yeah. it's irrational. It is. And what people see is, wait a minute, my gas prices have been going up. My electricity prices are going up. And the only thing I ever hear from these guys is not, let's, let's expand production. Let's not make it, you know, let's not get off of Russian oil and Iranian oil and Saudi Arabian oil. Let's just all go green and spend three times as much on electricity and on the vehicle itself. Well, what, this is not, no one, this is a now problem. This is not a 2050 problem. It is a now problem. And mm. people are getting killed right now on this, and you can't spin your way out of it. And I think all this also applies to things like the gender stuff, the CRT stuff, the, you know, the trying to talk about sex with your second graders at school. Mm -hmm. All this smacks people across the face. It's not a nuanced issue. Let me make you an argument of, as to why lowering the minimum wage would make sense economically. It's not that argument. Conservatives a lot of times get bogged down in that type of argument, which is, I think, really important, but also difficult to win over voters easily. Mm -hmm. You know, the minimum wage is a very popular issue because the emotion behind it is, of course, people who are hardworking, everyday people trying to make their way, working as a, as a, a, at a role that might not be paying it a lot. Of course, they should get more money. That would be great. And, and that's an easy emotional argument. The economic argument is much more complicated and winds up affecting the economy in a bunch of different ways, which is why the conservative position is correct. But with Leah Thomas, there's no need to argue those things. What mm -hmm. is a woman? I don't, do I need to answer that? <laughs> if you don't freaking know what a woman is, why are we even talking to you? And that is yeah. not what 
just conservatives are saying right now. I think a lot of moderate voters, I think even some Democratic voters are saying, wait a minute. I want I don't want people to hate others. I don't want people to be discriminated against. But you don't know what a woman is? What the Crazy. hell is wrong with you? Ridiculous. I think that's a big thing right now. I think yep. moderate Democratic voters, people who are, you know, we talked about Larry Hogan earlier. The Larry Hogan Republicans, who might not consider normally a, a guy who's really conservative, are saying, wait a minute. I can't, we can't be that. We, we, we can't say that a guy standing there in a woman's bathing suit with his junk hanging out is a good female swimmer. Can we be honest here? We all yeah. see this, right? And when do we start throwing women under the bus? When is it okay that you don't consider their feelings or their skill set or the fact that they've been working on this their entire lives yeah. to get to where they are in, in swimming or skiing or we've also got the bicycling thing that's been up lately. And we don't even care about any of that. I mean, Title IX, when it was passed in, what, 72? It changed college sports forever. There were a lot of men's sports that were eliminated so that you could accommodate women in colleges. And so things like soccer went out the window, uh, lacrosse and, and hockey and, and a bunch of sports that men played at these universities went right out the window. Um, and now we're throwing the women out the window so that you've got 0.7% of the population that can compete against them. I, it doesn't make any sense to a lot of people. To most people, I hope. I hope we're still at the point where common sense prevails uh, on this. And you know that there are biological differences between men and women. And if you got a biological man claiming to be a woman, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be competing against biological women. Uh, hopefully, we're smart enough still as a society to, to understand that. Na, 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 na.